Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This flop has taken its toll on me. This is Flop Culture. Welcome back to Flop Culture, a podcast where we talk flops, bops, celebrity culture and everything in between. My name is Fanula J. I am your host and producer and I'm delighted to have you here. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with Victoria's Secret on the Cadbury Snowflake and Anthea Turner. And if you haven't listened to it yet, maybe you're new, maybe you're you're coming in blind. Cannot recommend that enough. And all of our previous episodes, um, but delighted to have you here, whether you're new or returning. Much appreciated. Uh, just to give you a rundown on how things usually go around here. Uh, we're going to shoot the shit a little bit on what's been going on in pop culture, TV, things I've been watching. Um, and then we'll get into uh, this week's conversation, which I think you will really enjoy, especially if you're a reality TV fan like myself. If you need timestamps, they're all in the show notes, which are essentially the show description. Um, and then at the end, we're going to crown who is top of the flops. Should be pretty obvious this week and also based on who we're talking about at the top. So let's get into it. I mean, I really did just want this week to be, you know, a conversation around what I'd been watching because my interview a bit later on with my guest is a little bit longer than usual. So I was like, you know what, we're just going to do some really quick like TV tidbits. I want to talk about Love is Blind after the altar. You know, I'm watching House of Dragons, uh, Bake Off's back. You know, I just wanted to check in with that, tell you what I was watching and then maybe you would tell me what I was watching on social or by email, helloflopculture at gmail.com. But then Adam Levine, Levine, had to go away and dip his wick, for want of a better expression. And it's all people have been talking about all this week, myself included. I haven't had anyone to talk about it with actually, so I'm glad the podcast is today. Uh, but I have been deeply looking into it and my TikTok for you pages has predominantly been around this story. So let's back it up here for anyone who isn't familiar. Uh, Adam Levine, front man of Maroon 5, 
Uh, I am going to out myself here as a bit of a Maroon 5 apologist on this podcast. And I will make no apology for that because the first three albums are very good. They're very, very good. And I actually want to do, I'd love to do a couple of flop culture episodes on Songs About Jane and what's the third one called? Hands All Over. They're good albums. But anyway, that's all I'll say on that because I can, I can, I'm losing you. I can feel I'm losing you through the technology. But anyway, Adam Levine, frontman of Maroon 5, is married to a Victoria's Secrets model called Pahati Prinsloo. They started dating in 2012, married two years later. She starred in a couple of their music videos, uh, like Animals and Feminist Anthem, Girls Like You. That's important. Take note of that. Ellen DeGeneres was in it. There's no way Maroon 5 could hate women. Put it on the record. Uh, they have two daughters together, Dusty Rose and Geo Grace, and the couple announced their third pregnancy earlier this month. But this week, uh, an Instagram model named Sumner Stroh, I just really, really want you to focus on the first name because we are going to come back to that, uh, dropped a bombshell TikTok in which Stroh alleges Levine manipulated her. It's going to be Levine Levine throughout. If you're, if that annoys you, I'm incredibly sorry. Uh, manipulated her into having an affair. Stroh said that back in June after months of not talking. This is the thing. This is the crux. This is what kills me because on the surface, this is not an interesting story. This is what makes it next level celebrity unhinged talk to my veins. After months of not talking, Levine DM'd her on Instagram asking if Stroh is okay with him and his wife naming their forthcoming baby after her. The full DM read, okay, serious question. I'm having another baby and if it's a boy, I really want to name it Sumner. You okay with that? Dead serious, all capitals. Uh, he followed up the message with a shrugging emoji. Do men deserve rights? Be honest. No, they don't. Uh, so basically, to get back to the more serious side of the allegations, in her TikTok, she Stroh talks about having an affair with a man who's married to Victoria's Secrets model, and people are pulling out the language here in what she talks about. Uh, she said when the affair began, she said, I was young, I was naive, and I mean, quite frankly, I felt exploited. I wasn't in the scene like I am now, so I definitely was very easily manipulated. Maroon 5 is practically elevator music at this point, read. So I'm sure you know who Adam Levine is. Adam and I were seeing each other for about a year after I stopped talking to him over a period of months. This is how he came back into my life, referring to him messaging about naming his baby after her. As for why Stroll decided to share her story now, she explains at the end of the video that she'd sent some screenshots recklessly to a few friends she thought she trusted. One of them had attempted to sell to a tabloid. So here I am. Stroll said upon reading the DMs, she felt like I have been in hell at this point. She said she never wanted to come forward, knowing the implications that come with doing what I do, making money the way I do, and being an Instagram model, and the stereotypes associated with being an influencer. Aware many people will try to fill in the gaps with any false assumptions. She wrote in an Instagram story, this is after she posted TikTok. I don't feel like I'm doing. Uh, I don't feel like I'm doing any favors considering the manner this had to go about. It's a lot to digest, but hopefully, at the very least, the truth being out can do some good. She posted a second video, which I'm going to be honest isn't as interesting. And I think she posted in response to the main TikTok response, which I want to talk about a little bit later on. Essentially, they were not on her side. It was very much like you knew what you were getting yourself in for. I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just letting you know what the kind of general initial reaction was. But she did say in answering like comments on that video, I saw that she was asked, you know, why didn't you go to Bahati directly? Why are you posting this on Instagram? She's just announced she's pregnant. Not that there's really ever a good time to go public with these kind of stories, but whatever. People were kind of questioning the timing. And I'm paraphrasing, but she did answer a question basically saying that she did try to reach out to her, but she didn't see it. So the assumption there would be that she DM'd her and she didn't see it, maybe because they don't follow each other. If you're very famous and you have the blue tick, I think you can't see messages. I don't fully understand that. 
Um, he has since come out and denies having the affair with Sumner. Uh, he posted a story Tuesday morning in which he admitted to crossing the line via inappropriate DMs, but he denied having a full-on affair. A lot is being said about me right now, and I want to clear the air. I used poor judgment in speaking with anyone other than my wife in any kind of flirtatious manner, any as in caps. I did not have an affair. Nevertheless, I crossed the line during a regrettable period in my life. In certain instances, it became inappropriate. I have addressed that and taken proactive steps to remedy this with my family. My wife and my family is all I care about in this world. To be this naive and stupid enough to risk the only thing that truly matters to me was the greatest mistake I could ever make. I will never make it again. I take full responsibility. We will get through it and we will get through it together. Sumner seemingly responded on Instagram, writing on her stories, someone get this man a dictionary. I mean, this isn't a, the only, this isn't a funny story. Cheating is not funny, whatever. The funny kind of thing that people clung to was the naming the baby after the mistress. And I think that is the only reason why this gained as much traction as it did. I don't doubt that he would have had to come out and say things. There's a part of me that asks, why were people so, so shocked about these allegations in the first place? Because one, people, not even famous people, but people cheat on each other all the time. And when you consider Adam Levine's dating history as well, which I wasn't fully up to speed on, but thankfully on my TikTok for you page, they're just, they're feeding me the content. Thank you, TikTok algorithm gods. Shameless podcast, a very good Aussie pop culture celebrity goss podcast, which I will link in the show notes. They had a video up basically detailing his dating history kind of pre-Bahati. So actually pre-Bahati, he was with Anne V, who's another uh, Victoria's Secret model, and the timelines there kind of maybe allegedly very slightly overlap. Their split was very acrimonious. She's actually in the video for Misery. Their split was very acrimonious. Uh, she actually made a statement to people saying they were split up and apparently he was totally blindsided over this. So I think they had a row and she went and it was like it was done. But they were both, Bahati and Anvi were both Victoria's Secret models at this time. Uh, after this split, Adam and Bahati get together. Adam and Bahati took a short break. It was May 2013. Adam then gets with Nina Agdal, who is another model. Uh, but they get back together, him and Bahati, pretty much kind of immediately. Or they're, Him and Nina are kind of effing around, whatever. They break up, him and Bahati get back together. And like, upon getting back together he allegedly just proposes immediately. So they got married then July 2014. And as I said, they had two daughters, right? But then <laughs> Seamus also pulled up this incredible, incredible quote that he gave to, I think it was Details Magazine and it would have been, I think this was, so I think this was post and V split. He's just getting with Bahati. It's around that time. So we'll say 2011, 2012, right? And he's talking about, you know, the concerns around his dating life, him being promiscuous if he's a bit of a cheaty-weedy, McGeady. Uh, and <laughs> this is what he said. There's two kinds of men. There are men who are effing misogynistic pigs. And then there are men who just really love women, who think they're the most amazing people in the world. And that's me. Maybe the reason I was promiscuous and wanted to sleep with a lot of them is that I love them so much. Adam Levine said, fuck the patriarchy. The wage gap is real. I just want to shag all of them. I just want to shag all of them. And that's not my fault. That's not, I really like them. I fancy them so much. I love them. You know, 
Who could blame him? Who could blame him then? Uh, I suppose a couple of the other tangents and discussion points around this story, which I'm not going to spend too long on. I really, I absolutely maintain that this is not an interesting story beyond the thing of him wanting to name his child after uh, Sumner, which is very strange. Getting back to the name as well, why is no one acknowledging that that is just summer and autumn mixed together? Sumner? That's like, hello, hello there, I am an IG model, my name is Sprinter. Anyway, I just feel like none of people are talking about that, so I am using my platform to talk about it now. Um, I don't think it's that interesting a story other than that tidbit. There are a couple of other people seemingly coming forward uh, that seem to have had like flirty exchanges with them. One girl deleted her video because it just seemed to be like quite... And this is fully just going on what they've shown. I'm, I give everyone the benefit of the doubt here in this story. But from what they are showing, it's very one-sided DMs. They seem to be trying to engage with Adam. He is kind of entertaining it, but doesn't really get back a lot, whatever. There was nothing as damning as what was in the exchanges with Sumner. And then I suppose the other question is then whether it was, like he denies it's a full-blown affair. What's his definition of affair? This is for me, would qualify as, like, cheating. Micro-cheating is a word young people use nowadays. I sound 800 years old. What it, however you want to qualify it, I suppose it depends within the confines of your relationship. But there are a few people coming forward. I think maybe that story hasn't ended, but I don't really find that story that interesting because if you're to look at, you know, well, if you're engaged with celebrity culture at all, the assumption would be that a lot of these couples have, um, have agreements you know what I mean and again that's not something we'll ever know or verify because they'll never come out and say that bar the exception of maybe Will and Jada and even at that you know they've Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith I should say they've always had these rumors around them around the fact that their relationship is potentially open and it's never been fully addressed and then they had that red table talk after she got with August Alsina that singer um, but even then it wasn't them being like, look, we don't have a conventional marriage, we get with other people, blah, 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 because that's not really palatable for mainstream audiences because it's not conventional and that's not me saying it's my view. I'm not here to yuck any ums. If you want to get with as many people consensually as you want, if your partner knows about it, if they're, if you have some kind of agreement, cool. I'm not going to do that. You absolutely can. I support that, whatever, consenting adults, everything like that. But it just made me think about kind of other couples and I suppose the response to this, because if you looked at, and look, I take everything that's on Dumois with a huge, huge helping of salt. Dumois is an Instagram account for anyone unfamiliar and they talk a lot about celebrity gossip and they do a lot of like celebrity sightings and everything else. They're not a journalist. It's not verified, hence why I say a pinch of salt. Um, but in the wake of someone coming out and like exposing, I'm doing bunny ears, exposing Adam they had a couple of things up or they did a question box they usually do about like what's the hot goss and then they'll usually give their tidbits of what they know like insider info some kind of they do blind items as well if you're familiar with them someone wrote in and was like what's going on with that Adam Levine and Dumas said I don't know anything about the TikTok but I guess he does seem to use his IG as in he uses it himself it's not someone else like it's not a manager like texting off his IG account, but someone had written to Dumois and said, Ori Adam Levine, not shocked at all. He used to message my sister not all the time on Instagram, still watches all her stories. This was this past spring. That actually wasn't the message I meant to read. It was actually this one about the affair rumors that someone, again, someone sent in anonymously to Dumois. 
Last I heard, Adam and Patty's relationship is pretty open, or at least it has been in the past. And then they kind of went on to say, which is, we'll get on to in a sec, if you're hooking up with a publicly married man, why feel the need to expose him, open relationship or not, it's not a good look. So that made me think about, like, my... If I was just purely assuming I'm basing this on nothing, which is ironic given that I just gave out about Dumois kind of saying things unverified, but I um, that's my disclaimer. I obviously don't know anything, but you would assume, given if you were to base on nothing by his past dating history, uh, the fact he's a musician, he's traveling a lot, yada, 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 you know, ma- making these massive generalizations, you would assume that... It, it's not out of the question that they would have some kind of arrangement, you know, where they both see other people, he just sees other people, and that the only thing is they don't get caught publicly. That seems to be the thing because that ends up being a bigger thing in the press, like cheating, and then you have to react to it even if you don't really care. Uh, it's a whole thing. It, it reminded me of when J Lo and the baseball man broke up. What's his name? You can't see I'm uh, actioning the the movement of a baseball bat. A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, Rodriguez. When they were together, this was 2021, March 2021, they had reportedly, it was reported that they'd broken up because he was, you know, I think it was even the month prior to that, actually February, he was with, hit with these cheating allegations uh, of having an affair with Southern Charms, Madison LaCroix. Um, she kind of came out then and sorry, I should say, J-Lo came out and was like, no, no, we're, well, not her, but like, their people came out and we were like, no, no, we're grand, like, working through some things, whatever. And then a month later, they were touched and the engagement was finished. I think for her, because again, he comes from a background of cheating and I am absolutely believe that people are capable of change, but I suppose when it comes to stuff like that, you have to have your wits about you. I would believe that in that case, they had an arrangement because J-Lo's very smart, very shrewd, all into the image of love, the perfect marriage, perfect relationship, everything like that. Wouldn't surprise me if they had an arrangement where it was like, do whatever you want. I don't want to know about it and just don't embarrass me. Do not embarrass me. I do not want to have to deal with this publicly, especially with regards to JLo when you consider her past dating history. It also made me think of Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott, which is, I never, I really didn't want to talk about the Kardashian-Jenners again so soon, but it did immediately make me think of this. Post the Astroworld tragedy, Kylie Jenner and uh, Travis Scott were due to be on W Magazine in a spread. And they pulled the spread because it was due literally the week of the Astroworld disaster where people died. So they pulled it in question of taste, whatever, which was the right call. But the publication and the cover ended up leaking and some of the contents of the article. And they actually had to come out and, you know, end up disputing some of it then. Basically, the author in the article, it was Lynn Hirschberg, for W Magazine, allegedly uh, said in the article, uh, they are not a couple and haven't been in two years. Uh, They're not a couple, haven't been in two years. They're the modern family. Uh, And this was pre them having Wolf or whatever that child's name is. Have they considered Sumner? Changing Wolf's name to Sumner? It's available. It's available now. Um, They obviously, like I think the cover and everything said, yeah, it did, it said, as they expect their second child together, former couple Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott are creating their own definition of family. And I think within the Kardashians, this was going to be seen as like groundbreaking, you know, kind of breaking the mold from the traditional nuclear family. Because again, if you look at rumours around them, again, this is kind of based on nothing other than what we see and what they give us. But the rumour is that, I don't want to say that they're not allowed to have more than one like father of a 
child or like one other parent in the case of Rob, I suppose. But it's just that they've made a conscious decision when they're having children that there's only one father, that it's not like a blended family kind of story. And I suppose that's why Courtney's situation was interesting when I talked about her being relevant on the last episode of the podcast, because she was kind of booking that, obviously marrying Travis Barker and seeing them approach the journey on the reality show of them potentially having their own kids. And she was booking that trend. Whether that happens remains to be seen. Um, But this was set to be very interesting because... We've never seen them do this. As I mentioned already, we generally don't see this happen from famous people because there is still a stigma around open relationships, polyamory, even though it's definitely a practice that is much more commonly done in Hollywood. Um, But in the wake of the Astroworld tragedy, they decided we have to put up a united front, traditional family, nuclear family vibes. We're together together through it all no matter what like Chloe came out and said after Chloe Kardashian they're 100% together that the article was bullshit blah 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 but I think the story just changed because of what happened so it made me think of that as well and then briefly I think I just want to talk about Sumner's language because I mentioned my for you page seemed to be just very much against her and I was quite surprised by that and it was like immediately and I think this was around the language she used, you know, she mentioned being exploited, manipulated. People argued that there was no power dynamic there because she knew what she was getting herself in for because she knew he was married. She was like in her early 20s, like maybe 23. Again, that's not verified. That's what she, that's the age she says she was when this whole thing began. Affair or digital affair, physical affair, whatever. And I was really, really surprised. And I was watching it and I was like, am I wrong about this? Is TikTok right? And that's what I'm saying about listening to the misogyny bell in your head and two things being true at once. I think you can acknowledge that she knew he was married, cheating on people in the event that they don't have an agreement and all parties are not informed is wrong, fundamentally. But I think to say that there was no power dynamic there because I saw, if anyone follows Denisha Carter on TikTok, she's a really good creator. I don't know how to describe her content other than it's kind of like hot takes. I'll link her below. They're not even really hot takes. It's just, it's her duetting or stitching a video on TikTok and she's kind of giving her opinion. And But she says it in a really clear, concise, accessible way. She did a video on this and I really didn't agree with everything she said. But her main issue was around the language that she used, or as I said, around being manipulated, exploited. And she kind of highlighted, you know, that you, you willingly went into this. I'm paraphrasing now. You can watch it for yourself in the show notes. You kind of willingly went into this knowing this man was married. There is some responsibility there. You weren't exploited. There's no power dynamic because it's not like he was dangling an offer in front of you for career progression, money, anything like that. It was two consenting adults, whatever, which it was. But I suppose the other side of that then is... There is a power dynamic there because there is a fairly significant age gap. Adam Levine is in his early 40s. She was, as she says at the time, 23. And he is world famous. There is a power imbalance there, whether people want to acknowledge that or not. I've seen Emily Ratajkowski come out now since against, you know, this wave of people going against Sumner. And to be honest, I kind of do agree. Like, I think... It's so weird. I feel like people are just... And maybe the issue was in her, maybe initial statement where she didn't kind of seem to fully want to take responsibility. I think she's rectified that in later videos. But I think she... 
I don't think she came on and was proud of what happened. I think she knows she did something wrong. But ultimately, I don't think we need to lay on her and lay all the blame at her when at the end of the day, and again, this is on the assumption that they don't have an arrangement or whatever else. Adam was married. The onus is on him to be loyal. You make a vow like that to someone, you make a commitment. I don't know. Two things to be true at once, but I just feel like I've seen, and I don't know if, it, please tell me if uh, if you've seen that on other social media platforms on like Instagram or whatever else, if you've kind of seen that, me, the narrative go that way against her. I think you can absolutely acknowledge that there's blame on both sides, but I don't think we need to be having a dig at her. And Emily Ratajkowski put it very well on her, t- I don't know if it's deleted now because it was on TikTok stories which she was talking about how, you know, in these cases of cheating, if you are the woman, like, just come, other woman, I should say, I hate using that expression, but you know what I mean, the other person that's not, like, the original person in the relationship, it's important to speak out for them and tell them, and if you have stuff on them, just say it. Like, it helps other women. We need to be helping each other. Not feminist Adam Levine, who just, he can't help it, girlies, he just wants to get into every woman and he wants world peace. He's a simple man. Um, I'm going to talk very quickly about After the Altar, Love is Blind, Netflix special. What a steaming heap of horse manure. Three episodes, should not have been three episodes. I think it should have come out later. I think it should have been two episodes max and then at part three should have been like a later reunion moderated by someone. Whether it was Nick and Vanessa Lachey, I don't really care, but it should have been someone there, right? It was just not interesting. I feel like it left more things unsaid and more questions than answering anything. It wasn't even that entertaining. It reminded me why I barely watched last year's one. Some notes I have on this. Shayna is a hairdresser, did not realise that, and she's wearing the biggest necklace I have ever seen to give Shane a wash, cut and blowjob. Sorry, I mean blow dry. Do we think they're together? I actually don't. But again, I read things on Instagram and online and people are convinced that something definitely happened. You know what I mean? I also put down, is Shayna the only hairdresser in Chicago? Like, did you have to go to her, Shane? But anyway. What I found interesting was the two couples that did end up getting married obviously ended up getting divorced then after, but on the show, you kind of see them all putting up this united front. With Diana and Jarrett, the cracks are really evident. Like, they absolutely, they're playing basketball. They absolutely hate each other. But Diana's like, I love him. Like, I think they get on really well as friends, but fundamentally, they're so incompatible as a couple. But then Danielle and Nick seem to get on great. And then I'm wondering, are they protesting too much? Is that it? I don't know. She's come out since and said that, She's on, I'm paraphrasing, but she's been on new medication now, which helps her be more comfortable in front of the cameras, which is why we saw this different side of her. Um, the man and Sal thing I thought was really weird. Sal bringing that new girlfriend on the holiday. She gives me very Disney adult energy. Um, the spawn around the goblets was so painful. I cannot do it anymore. Uh the toxic part of me wishes Natalie and Shane worked it out because I think it's evident that they did really like each other and it says a lot. It proves that it's real because he didn't go on the holiday. Um, I think if they just wanted to... I think a faker person would have gone on the holiday, you know what I mean? And would have it would have undermined their relationship or whatever there was. At one point, Deepti says, 
fuck a red bottom, I want a red knob, talking about the cooker in the Airbnb they go to when they're on holidays. Let me tell you, Deep Tea, if you ever come to Ireland, a lot of red knobs here. Check them out. Uh, I also describe this as the worst holiday ever. Like, my idea of a nightmare. Sal is eating cereal. Jared is unpicking Ayanna's wedgie. Kyle and Deep Tea are only short of doing doggy on the counter. It was, I couldn't do it. It was, that party looked like absolute hell on earth. I would be ringing my mom to pick me up. Anyway, that was ultimately my take on it. A massive flop. Kyle and Deep Tea have come out since and said that they basically didn't stay together. Um, Deep Tea is writing a book, which is incredible. Has written a book, actually. I'm pretty sure it's out. By the time this podcast comes out, it's coming out the next day on Amazon eBooks, whatever. Um, Shake has basically said he didn't want to do the reunion. But Kyle came out after and said that him and a couple of the other guys didn't want to film with him. Um, and they basically said they didn't give producers a choice. Um, he said previously to TMZ, he said that they begged him to be honest. They wanted me to speak with Deep T one-on-one. They wanted to see some kind of reconciliation, but after how they portrayed me, and then especially after how the hosts of the show who were supposed to be impartial came after me, I want nothing to do with them. And he's kind of still been going mad since obviously they had the split post up this week, Deep T and Kyle. And he's been kind of taking the piss out of that. He reshared that graphic he made of Love is Blurry, his uh, heinous catchphrase. Uh, and it's a picture of him in the middle. And then Jarrett and I are in the middle and he just wrote under it in the text. He had divorced. I couldn't, I can't remember who's on the other side. Let me find the photo. Uh, it's Ayanna. Oh, I have it here. So it's Ayanna and Jarrett in the middle, divorced in less than a year. Then he has deep tea on the right, fake total relationship. And then on the left, he had chain. And initially he added up. So he added up and he shared with the caption, let us not forget on Instagram stories. But under Shane, initially he had substance abuse. He took that down, re-uploaded it with just a clown emoji under Shane. I cannot stand shake. Just, if I never hear from that man again. You do not trust men who, their business is predominantly NFTs. You know what I mean? Dog NFTs. Red flags. Deep T was right. As much as I'm not sure about her writing a book. Deep T was right and she made the right call. Bake Off is great. I'm enjoying Bake Off. I don't want to stay too much longer because as I said, it's a long chat with my guest. House the Dragon. I'm also really enjoying House the Dragon. Is there anything you're watching at the minute? Please let me know on social media at flatculture underscore pod on Instagram and TikTok. If there's anything I should be watching, let me know. Uh, I also started, me and my sister started Hong for Jesus, Save Your Soul, which is a movie. It's Regina Hall and Sterling K. Brown. We started it, we didn't finish it. I thought it was good. I st- we I didn't finish it because we were interrupted, not because I wasn't enjoying it. So if you've watched it and you would recommend, please let me know and I will go back to it. But in the meantime, I think it's time to talk flops, don't you? My guest on Flop Culture this week is an established podcaster, a hoot and a half, and a very dear friend of mine. And she's talking about a one and done reality show that is as memorable for its comedy as it is for its darkness. Host of the Unpopular Opinion podcast, Carla Kay, joins me now to talk about Pretty Wild. Please note that in the following conversation, there are references to addiction and drug abuse. Carla Kay, you are very welcome to Flop Culture. The big shitty ding grin on my face right now. <laughs> I was going to say welcome back, but yeah. what people don't know is we already tried to record this and it's lost in the ether. But it's the same topic. Yeah, same topic. It was my fuck up, I will I will say. We recorded on my equipment and um, I thought we were flying high. Uh, we were not <laughs> flying anywhere, to be honest. We were flapping, you might say. 
We've laughed really hard we, on the version. It was not good. Not looking good, Brev. But it worked well because we've had further development. Yes, I'm actually, I'm, I'm glad we didn't record because yeah. there's been some new synths, um, but we won't tease the listeners anymore. What did you pick as your flop for this episode? So my flop for this episode is the ill-fated, should have been the hit reality TV show of the early 10s, Pretty Wild. Iconic. Even if you don't know the name, you have absolutely come across this in popular culture, social media, a viral clip of this. But for anyone who's really, really unfamiliar, Mm -hmm. what is this about and why was it just, why did it capture you in the way that it did? I think at this point, so Pretty Wild came out in 2010. So it was that sticky place where we'd watched Laguna Beach. From Laguna Beach, it rolled on to like a very well-produced The Hills. And we were into kind of the late... The Hills was done at that point. So we we're into that kind of, I'll, I'll never forget watching like the royal wedding in tandem with like the Hills at one point <laughs> being like, this is kind of where we've gotten to as far as like pop culture, yeah. do you know? So it was coming off the back of that. We had like Jersey Shore and those kind of concepts. This seemed really trashy and absolutely bang on my radar. One of my favorite TV shows is Vanderpump Rules. Um, you know, I talk about it all day. And this, You've nominated that as another flop, but I have... It's not a flop. You nominated it. It was What Happens at the Abbey is the other one, which was supposed to be this, like the rival show for Vanderpump Rules. Oh, sorry, it was yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go back and do that because there's too many seasons of Vanderpump Rules, but there is, we'll get there eventually. Nine, I think, where there, is, there was only one of What Happens at the Abbey. Great show, by the way, if anybody... Pre-homework pre for you guys. We'll come back to it, yeah. yeah. We'll come back to it. Yeah, so it was that kind of time where it was like, I feel like... There had been so many trial and errors with reality that they were trying to hit new points and <laughs> new highs and lower lows, if you will. Um, and Pretty Wild was born. So it was not supposed to be called Pretty Wild. It was actually supposed to be called Homeschool with the Arlingtons because Andrea Arlington, she's an ex-Playboy model. She was the mother of these three girls. She homeschooled them through the secret. That was what it was supposed to be about. The concept was her using the secret to get the girls' movie careers. It's in some ways it's very ahead of its time when you think of how manifesting has become like if trend this was TikTok, to like if oh, that the was girlies, around. the girlies would be eating this up. They the would be, be eating good. No crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> what a disgusting noise for people's ears. It's if you could see for anyone who hasn't watched, it's they're putting together these vision boards for her for their daughters. And it's like Angelina Jolie and they're trying to teach them through, like, you want to be like Angelina. There is no other, there's no maths. There's no, no Pythagoras' theorem, no. which I mean, in a way, who, why would you need that? But it's just... The concept, I think, was really strong. What ended up happening was they started shooting and um, I, was ca- I will call her the main, like, they're all pretty much the main daughter because I mm-hmm. feel like what I like about it too is it followed the three girls without it being like there's a lead yeah, like, there was no kind Lauren. of a, yeah, there's an me? equal billing for all of them. There was no like, st- there's no Kim. Yeah. It's very much, here's the family, here's the dynamic. There's no one person getting more screen time than the other. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a real strong kind of edgy Californian weird on the side of fame, fame hungry family. And that's why I loved it. Mm-hmm. Now, when it was shooting, and this is how the how the concept changed and how it ended up getting rebranded to Pretty Wild, um, Alexis Nears, Alexis Nears, Alexis Nears, she is the middle daughter. Let's just say at the in that in that setup, she is the middle daughter. Mm. She ends up getting arrested for being part of the Hollywood crime group. 
the bling ring. I love that. Sounds so glamorous, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It's like, it, and it really does glamorize it. And it's, it's funny because when you look into it, people are like, why didn't this get another season? Because there's criminals, babe. Yeah. Because there's crime. Crime. It became a true crime series. Yeah. Like they just about got away with putting out the first season. I think they're very lucky they got to put out the first season. So while this is happening, you see, even in the first episode, Alexis gets arrested for her part in what is known as The Bling Ring, which then was made into a film, which now we're just after seeing is being released as a documentary as part of the 10 year anniversary. On Netflix, yeah, which I mean, and of all the streamers, I trust them the least least. to do a good job on this. It's going to be knocking around the houses, eight episodes, that could have been two. Mm. There's no, this story I feel like has been for such a, like it was scandalous. So if if you're not aware of what the bling ring was or what that crime syndicate was, it was essentially teenagers who were kind of, like, I don't want to say up-and-comers. But, but they, they were, wanted to be famous. They wanted to be famous. They were, like, in those circles where they were kind of hanging out with, like, D-listers to Z-listers, and they got very lucky if they ever saw a Paris Hilton. Do you yeah. know, in that kind of way, yeah. a Lindsay Lohan, a, 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 that kind of person. Somewhere in between, like, cast off of Disney's and ex-reality TV stars is, is where these people kind of sat. They took it upon themselves to track celebrities namely the kind of pop culture it gals of, of the moment yeah so, because remember the year this is like 2010 2010 so, this is peak paparazzi paris hilton Lindsay, perez, all those people yeah. you just mentioned yeah yeah perez covering perez all of covering them yeah. everything and perez essentially like and perez is in the netflix show and i was like of course you fucking oh god <laughs> stop interviewing that man please stop giving him a platform yeah just we can't trust him yeah we know this um so at that point in time it they had decided to take it upon themselves to rob any celebrities that they knew were going to be out. So they were very much tracking, like, what they were doing. The way, and I know the way that it's going to be portrayed, is that this was actually quite clever crimes. It wasn't. And Alexis has spoken about it quite a bit. Being Now, Alexis also says that it was only one house that she robbed, and she was made just out to the one. Ring. Just the one. Yeah. Just one little robbery. Casual, yeah. Um, and it was very much not... They made her out to be the ringleader. And she feels very put out by that still to this day. Yeah. As we know. (laughs) (laughs) As we sure know. The one thing I will say about this is as much as I'm, I have my, I'm sceptical about the Netflix series. It's interesting that we have a view of this crime in so many formats. Like we have, we have the upcoming documentary series. We have the Blingering movie starring Emma Watson. And then we have Pretty Wild, which exists almost in a world of its own because it started as this reality TV show, Kardashians-esque following this kind of, taking kind of a sneering look at this mad family, trying to be famous, Mm -hmm. teaching them off the secret. This mad, I was supposed to say this mad crime happens to them. That's not how crime works. (laughs) Alexis is committing a crime. And then the series becomes them following that journey to court and everything else. Yeah. It's, we're getting like insights that we would never usually get with these kind of stories. Like how many true crime things do we have that also have a reality TV series built around them? You know what I mean? Plus all the shit that's happened since. Yes. I think as well, it's such a good look into where we were at with pop culture and how important these little things were for us. And this kind of like started to feed our addiction. I feel like it's very of its time. I still do think they're nice episodes. They're 20 minutes. Eight of them or nine of them. 
you'll fly through it. It's an, if you're into that kind of reality TV, I really highly recommend it. The stuff that happens again in it, it's like a time capsule. So I don't understand in a way why they're going back into it because it just didn't make, it should have been like a massive mark on pop culture history. I don't feel like it hit those heights. No, I don't think so because no. to be honest, this seems like something that I would have watched and I yeah. didn't. Yeah. It to- I was I was the person who absorbed the show via clips, you know what I mean? All yeah. of that iconic clip of Alexis ringing Nancy Joel, the journalist who was tasked with writing this piece on her for Vanity Fair and Alexis thinks at this point that it's going to kind of absolve her, you know, and really help her case because at this point in the series, she's still very much like, I, wrong place, wrong time, I wasn't that involved yeah. with the bling ring, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and the article ends up being pretty scathing um, and Alexis is calling her, being like, the now viral clip, I'll put an audio here of her being like, no, Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers. You did the, the shoot, you do it. You know better. Yeah. So as you said, it's it's very much the the, the puff piece. Sorry, I'm I'm thinking now to the fact that Nancy Joe has just re- recently came out again about it. I know, I know. They try to get her on the Netflix show. And that's why I think it's interesting because not only has Netflix kind of, it's intercepted the reality show as part of what the docuseries that they're creating. Um, she won't go on it. Alexis is still pissed off to this day about the article. Number one, because it was called The Suspect Wore Louboutins. And she just thought that that immediately set everybody on the back foot. As it did. As it did, yeah. So what ends up happening in this one scene, and we'll we'll talk a little bit more through some of the episodes, because I do think that there's so many blasts from the past, so many iconic pop culture people that float in and out. Um, She's getting more and more annoyed. She's spoken out about it since, saying they kept making her re-record. So that's why she goes from like pretty normal to absolutely hysterical pretty quickly. So it kind of comes to a point where she's trying to record this voice message to Nancy Joe, who's already published the article, by the way. Yeah, it's too late. Like it's to give her a telling off. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But instead of being like, nah, fuck it, I'll, I'll wait until I can talk to her. I'll wait until, you know, I'll, I'll do another press interview yeah. calling out what happened there. You know, Twitter was around. Facebook yeah. was very much popping. There was plenty of th- places he could have went. Yeah. E, who who recorded or who published the show, consistently made her re-record this. So she's getting more and more hysterical. And it's like, Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Neal calling. <laughs> and in the background, her whole family are trying to get involved. So like her younger sister shouting, her mom shouting. And she's like, mom, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. I have to do it again. And then she'll do it again. She's like, Nancy Joe. Hysterically crying. This is Alexis Neal calling. <laughs> you said in the article that I was wearing I was wearing little brown booties that were $20. <laughs> if you do anything, just watch that scene. Just watch it. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers. I'm going to let you know how disappointing. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers. I'm going to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. How horrible you me. You and lied. Way, you stopped. You, you lied. Stop it. Do it. Stop it, you Mom. Lied. Stop. Damn it. Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm going to let you know how disappointed I am in your story. There's many things that I read in here that were false. 
Like you saying that I wore six inch Louboutin heels to court with my tweed skirt when I wore four inch little brown BB shoes. $29! Every time you know I have to re-record it! Nancy Joe, this is Alexis Nyers calling. I'm calling to let you know how disappointed I am in your story and the light that you shed on me when I am going through such a hard time in my life. I opened up to you so that way the world could potentially know what a great, amazing, talented, strong, healthy girl that I am. Not even a girl, young woman. I am petrified, petrified with this story. <sighs> I'm so disappointed, and I'm letting you know that I will clear this up. Have a nice life. Goodbye. That was beautiful. You did such a good job of expressing yourself. It makes so much sense, though, when you hear them say, like, we've had, we had to re-record that so many different times. Uh, the cautious are really good oral history of the show where they kind of go into other scenes and it's very much a case of like Alexis has said there were other scenes that they were made reshoot like that particular one where I think the police arrive at the house kind of yeah. early on in the series like the, that was reshoot yeah literally that was <laughs> like them setting up the police to break in and like making sure the lights were okay um, now I think he is like denied as they will obviously now with hindsight and everything else they deny that but it is such a time capsule, as you said, to that point in time. So, show opens. It's very much, this is Alexis. She wants to be a model. This is Tessa, who wants to be a model. This is Gabby, the youngest, who wants to be a mom. <laughs> and you're like, what a dynamic. You have doe-eyed Andrea. One thing that I will say is make Andrea a housewife, you cowards. <gasps> yes. You cowards. Andy Cohen definitely listens to this podcast, so it's fine. Perfect. Do it. Do it, Andrew. Do it. Please. Andrew? Andrew? If you, can, if you can prop your setup so people can't walk off, yeah. you can make sure that Andrea gets her go. We know Lisa Rinna's is fired. It's fine. There's space. Fine. Just put her in somewhere. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, so we have Andrea very doe-eyed kind of explaining. She used to be a playmate and, you know, her life's been pretty crazy and I'm just trying to bring up this gaggle of girls. So it's developed quite early on that Tessa, the eldest, is a working model. Alexis is kind of a working model. And then Gabby is working toward being a mom. Yeah. And that's very much kind of how we're At the age up. of, what age is she 15. at this point? Yeah, 15. So Gabby's yeah. 15, Alexis is between 18 and 19, and Tess is, I think, 20 and 21. Tess is not Andrea's biological child. Uh, at this moment in time, Andrea is also married to Jerry, who's just like a floating father figure, who does get a nice little piece in there. Jerry is, so, Jerry is the normalcy that this show badly needs because... We're nearly doing a, a disservice how mental it is when you watch it. It's, there are for the birds and the things that happen. It's carnage. For the birds. For the birds. You know, the first episode is the girls talking about this. There's a stripper pole. <laughs> All of a sudden, they're on the stripper pole. Yeah. Salacious shots of them modeling. You know, it immediately goes into their schooling being based on the secret, how they've always been homeschooled, how the industry is kind of Alexis as this party girl. Cause you also have to remember at this point in time that like the, the tabloids only mission was to ever paint a girl as like successful, good girl or p 
Party girl. Party Bad girl. Party girl. Slutty party. girl. Look at yeah. her. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the music is very much like that. It's like, I want to party, but if you party with me, it's going to be too much like fun. Fun. And we're, yeah. And I'm going to dance yeah. wherever I want to dance. Because I'm on a the, party bitch. On the boys. I love to dance <laughs> yeah. on the boys. Yeah. Yeah. Very that kind of soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. yeah we love it. But uh, <laughs> it, was, it was perfect. But in it, you see, like, the girls are like, Mom, we're going out tonight. And the mom's like, Oh, you're not allowed. And they're like, Well, we're doing it anyway. Fuck you, Mom. <laughs> It's just, it's it's absolutely off the charts. They go on to, you know, have a dinner with this guy called Mickey Avalon. Mickey Avalon. Who was casting. And I, I just think that this is, it's not important as the series goes. I think it's important to show what we stomached at this point in time. Mickey Avalon, who was like a rock star, as they describe him as. Yeah. Very Heavy loose framing. Heavy inverted commas. Yeah, there, yeah, very yeah. loose framing. Who was casting his video he was looking for a video vixen, which was also that time of oh god, yeah, time of life, uh, for his song "Rock Bitch." <laughs> rock bitch, <laughs> if you will. Are you a rock bitch? Are you a rock bitch? <laughs> but continues to dance around the table, going, "Who's going to be my rock bitch?" And they're like, "Me, me." And I'm like, "This is kind of fucking mm, weird." Kind of went from, oh, where's your ankle bracelet and Mickey yeah. Avalon, you know? Oh, oh, these girls are 17. No, yeah. not good. Not good. But it, again, goes to show at the time it was like, yeah, I want to be a video vixen. I want to be this. What I like about it consistently throughout the series is the girls want to be famous. And at all costs. Yeah, yeah. What they do no. to get famous. I don't think they, and this is what's interesting. Alexis knowing what has happened, us not knowing yet what the bling ring is. Alexis very much knowing that her and her friends have been running this crime syndicate for quite some time. Mm. Is like, do you know what? What would be a smashing idea? I'll pop on TV. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? I'll have cameras following around for an extensive period of time. Yeah. I think good. it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, we, I think how I'm going to really maximise this po- po- point in my life is to, uh, to go on TV. Yeah. E news, yeah. actually. This is a good call. Yeah. yeah. This is this is the one that I think I'll do. Yeah. So throughout this, we see many, many cameos of people of the time as well. Ryan Cabrera. Everywhere. Ugh. He what he's insidious. He is like everywhere. The hills. This man has dated everyone. And I know he's there's probably like, dated you and you just don't even realise. I was about to say, I think I have. I think <laughs> I have dated him. I think at some point I've dated like not our Ryan Cabrera. Actually, no, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan Cabrera. You know the way they say at some point, like every minor has dated Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I, I really feel like at some point I no, no, have dated have. Ryan yeah, Cabrera. Yeah, yeah. And he I think you were there. He does not come across well in this. He doesn't come across well, but what I think is interesting is like, number, how the fuck was he pulling these birds? Truly. This guy had a very mediocre music career. He was not John Mayer. And he even had a mediocre music career. He was like a... <laughs> A, a pink, spiky-haired version of John Mayer. Yeah. In that kind of way. It was Hair bigger than my future, like, just... Just very strange. Towering. His, his hit list is long. <laughs> Who else has he been with? Lindsay Lohan. Andre, uh, Audrina, as we all know. Yeah. Uh, 
two or three times because Audrina yeah. loves to redate yeah. everybody yeah. that she's ever been with. Yeah. Uh, Paris, Ashley Simpson famously when she was yes. having her, we're having her come up. You said the last time that we recorded this because we did do it before, he just got married. He did to a wrestler whose name I do not remember but I'm happy for them. I love that for them. It is like, if you, if you Google Ryan Cabrera, it comes up, the first thing that comes up is Ryan Cabrera dating history. <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Yeah, he was a bit of a player, if you will. Yeah, Tess and Taylor, a couple of porn stars as well. Yeah, of course, absolutely. That was that was the thing to do. Yeah, a couple more people that I'm not 100 percent like all very Hollywood it galley that I wouldn't be. He was on the scene, and I suppose it it describes the scenes in this series where it's this whole like Tessa really wants Tessa really wants to get with him, and he there's unbelievably a of scenes, so. Yeah. <laughs> And again, it's that thing of probably because he's famous, to be honest. And then there's a couple of scenes where there he invites her out and she thinks it's a date, but then he brings like one of his friends and she's like, he's like on the phone for half the date and she's ringing Alexis on her phone being like, what, what is going on here? Am I, it's, it's so, I cannot describe how entertaining it is. She like meets him at a party and she decides, yeah, I'm going to date Ryan Cabrera. And somehow and I'd say he sees at that point in time he still has like a, a fledging music career should we say I don't know he still has something going on at yeah. this point in time so he is probably like she's got cameras following her around this looks good for me yeah very Spencer prop vibes but of of the music industry yeah. I would say now I will say every girl that has dated him that has spoken about dating him has came here to say that he's a really really nice guy Aww. and that's why they date him yeah because he's he's super lovely from what you can see in the like reboot of the hills and all that other stuff where he has been again pops up you're like hey we have man you've been on three reality <laughs> oh tv shows at this God. point and you're here for the reboot I love it he does seem sound. Yeah. But at this point in time, he's still young. They, as you said, they end up going on the date. She's kind of fuming that he ends up bringing a friend. I think at that point he was like, I don't know you. What the <laughs> fuck could we talk about? <laughs> I genuinely have a clue other than you're pretty good looking and you've got cameras. Yeah. So. It's what, ideal for me. Like, why would I bring you to this bowling alley? What would I get out of this bowling alley, Tess? <laughs> Tell me. Tell me now. Um, but what's the thing? And he said, he's like, the girl that he used to date gets onto him. And he's just like, he just says that to Tess. Yeah. And Tess is like, oh. why are you talking about other girls? I'm like, why are you surprised? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tess, if only with a crystal ball and could see. I love, not only do I love the fact that they are so obvious about their intentions with life at this point in time, mm. I'm also obsessed with the fact that they will hit the beat. Yeah. These girls employ them because yeah. if you are looking for someone to stir shit and hit a storyline, this is it. Yeah. At one point they go for massages to go and talk about Ryan. Yeah. The one fucking day at the bowling alley to go and talk about Ryan. <laughs> and at this, they're like, Tess is like, I'm wondering if Ryan likes me. And Alexis is like, I hope I don't go to jail. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so good. They're it's going, just floating back to me. It's, 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 they're going back and forth between this. It's absolutely insane. In the background, while, while Tess is having this Ryan Cabrera situation, Alexis has been, you know, I was going to say caught. <laughs> they didn't really chase her, but like she's been arrested. They've done this whole 
very obvious paparazzi after a DUI, jacket over the head, her coming out, Tess, big smile on her face. Yeah. as she like tries to get Alexis through the crowd of pops. She's like, <laughs> guys. Just dying to be at the edge. Yeah. This is crazy. This is Left crazy. side is my good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, this is insane. This is my sister. Pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad what she did. But uh, <laughs> we're going to get through because we're really strong as a family yeah. unit. I'll be around at any point. Yeah, yeah. I'm free if this. anyone wants to chat. Yeah, yeah. Pops, stay around my house. Yeah. That's not a problem. Not a problem at all. It's that weird juxtaposition throughout the series, which I think is what makes it good, but I suppose what makes what we learn about it after dark, Mm -hmm. that balance of light and shade, where you have those moments where, as you said, Tess is having an absolute banger about boys. Alexis is like, I am about to be imminently jailed. (laughs) TBH. (laughs) Then you have them, they're prepping for uh, Gabby Sweet 16th, and it's like that whole entire delusion and they're trying to book like a big massive oh, superstar DJ like yeah. artist to perform at it they book Paul Oakenfold right yeah who looks I have to say this like he just came out of like a medieval bank I was just about to say like <laughs> a fucking Halloween costume shop fucking insane his emo fringe is giving me everything and nothing all at the same time but he, like he turns up at the party and he's like to Alexis he's like you're at my house I'm like, like oh no yeah you're Paul with a bling ring and she's like and then Alexis is like running back through the house and she's her voiceover being like, I can't believe someone would bring this again. So the sweet 16, I'm like, I'm, pan- I'm going to have a panic attack, like going on about this. And then she comes out and he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, it's fine. <laughs> he's like, anyway, wicka, 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 anyway, let's go. And then all these children are like, yes, Paul Oakenfold. It's like, I'm sorry now. Not one of you. Name, not, not to be that name one Paul Oakenfold song. Because I can't. I was about to say, Paul Oakenfold, I'm pretty sure, was like, I beat the DJ. You know, back in the, like, back in the kind of... Did Paul Oakenfold do Faster Kill Pussycat? God, I need to Google Yeah, that is him. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. well, then I do know one Paul Oakenfold song. Or but I none of those children there knew that. Give me oh, a break. fucking did not. So this was something that... In the interviews afterwards, we found out that it was very much, again, an e-setup. Like, your own test was like, under no circumstances did I know. Because when the way they set this up is, it's Alexis and Tess in the jacuzzi <laughs> talking about Gabby's sweet 16th and how Tess knows Paul Oakenfold. And she's like, I'm just going to call him. Will you come and do this? Perfect. She was like, no, he very much set that up and yeah. had that kind of tucked in. But again, love it. Because you've all these 16-year-olds who are like, hey, the fuck is this? Apparently we're supposed to be excited. Yeah, give it up. Go wild. <laughs> Loving it. I love also through it that they have this kind of, we know that I'm like we're positioned as party girls. Tess very much kind of like falls into the background with this, which I think going back and knowing what we know now, because Alexis does have a podcast called Recovering from Reality, where she kind of talks about all of this. It's quite good. I've listened to a good few episodes, mainly about mainly about the show. Uh, I don't really care about the rest of the life with the show. I absolutely do. Fair, yeah. Yeah. But at this point in time, she's going through like back and forth to her solicitor and her solicitor's like, you cannot be out caught out drinking. And it's like, let's go for cocktails. And she's like, okay. And then her, you know, her lawyer calls her being like, are you in a bar right now? <laughs> Are you fucking all right? Are you on the piss? Yeah, are you actually on the piss? I just told you not to do that. And she's like, it's just one cocktail. I can hear someone in the background ordering around a baby. (laughs) Actually, like, are you in coppers right now? Just in the shop, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's absolutely milk. What are you on about? Yeah. And they're also like trying to do this whole, let's change your image. Let's change your style. While also at the same time, very actively playing up Tess's sexuality Mm. and very much portraying Tess 
as a different version of a bad girl, but like the bad girl that you can accept versus the bad girl that you can't. It's really strange, yeah. It's a really weird, like you can tell they were going with a different concept. Then they like shoved all this in. I guarantee some producer was like, no, Alexis, go shopping because this is going to make it seem like you aren't a criminal. Yeah. Go buy a skirt, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And it's very strange. While in the background, Tessa is going around and booking all these kind of lingerie shoots and swim shoots. And they're very much in videoing it, getting all up in her grill. She's dating this guy. She's dating another guy. She starts dating a guy from a band called Wicker. Oh my God. I tried to find, like, Wicker went they do nowhere. Not exi- they, 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 they do don't not exist. exist now. They might as well have not existed. Yeah. Your man's hot. He is hot. He's yeah. really attractive. Yeah. That's the one thing that I will say. R.I.P. Wicker. R.I.P. Wicker. I didn't hear one song. I'm sure you were brilliant. But what I do think about the two sisters, and, like, Gabby is in the background, but of course she's younger. Her kind of storyline is more about her family, her trying to keep them all together, how she doesn't think the mum is strict enough on the older girls. As a 15-year-old, like, there's some, there's a couple of, and again, it's, the, I say that light and shade, and I suppose this is the shade where she's having this, there's this whole element in one of the episodes where they reckon they're going to have to move and they eventually do have to because, like, the media attention and the paparazzi yeah. is just too much. So where do they move, Fanula? Where do they move? <laughs> to Hollywood. <laughs> they move to Hollywood. Yeah, nice to avoid and, media attention. Nice included, yeah. They move yep. from, I think it was around like Burbank, that yeah. kind of area. Move from the suburbs. Move yeah, from to, the suburbs yeah. to Hollywood to combat the media's presence. It's, anyway, it says everything you need to know about that family. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. But Gabby obviously finds this news out and is like really as a proper proper wobbler like understandably she's 15 whatever and then it's just like she's properly raging and then you've jerry you know like it goes to like your little kind of second break or whatever and then it's like jerry bringing her out to like an yeah, ice cream ice shop cream and she's like, just like it's it's okay gabby i don't like seeing you upset whatever that's not how he speaks but anyway it's I, i'm like is he boss then i can't is he bo- i don't even know i can't remember I anything chicago <laughs> chicago justice justice for jerry but um it's that really where she's having to be like this nearly third adult figure because the mom isn't really doing it in a way either because it's like she's so hell-bent on like but and you see then like she's this relationship with Alexis where you know trying to help her with the case and everything and like protect her Alexis doesn't really give a fuck and is just doing whatever she wants so their like combats are a part of the storyline as well it's I think Gabby twigged what was happening before anybody else 
And I think that's what's quite As they sad. knew that she was ultimately, like, it was this was not going to be a happy ending. This was not going to be a happy ending and it was not going to be portrayed. Because you can see in it, she she's the one, because she's 15. And I, it kind of seems like they were like, we're doing a reality TV show, get it together. Mm. And she was like, okay, fine. At this point, she had been homeschooled for quite a bit of time. But what we know now that we didn't know then is that both of the girls were um, dealing with a lot of addiction issues throughout the filming and afterwards. Alexis ended up getting clean pretty soon after it came out because she was like, what the fuck was that behaviour? Tess, not so much. They ended up having a falling out. But I feel like Gabby was trying to protect that side. You can see how she tries to make them secretive and they very much are like, fuck that, I'm telling everyone everything. It's very, when you look back at it now, you're like, that's hard to watch. Mm. Because she's 15. Yeah. Like, no matter what, she's 15. When they do end up moving from the burbs into the centre of Hollywood, she ends up going to school for the first time. She asks if she can go to school. She feels like, I'm not going to make any mates unless I end up going to school, which is absolutely fair. Another mature decision by Gabby. I'd love to know if she ended up going to Hollywood High. I just feel like they'd be like, why don't you go to Hollywood High? Where all these, like, you know, celebs yeah. end up going. Why don't That'd you be go good. there? That'd be nice for that you, wouldn't it? sounds about right, yeah. Hollywood Eye for you. <laughs> yeah. It's perfect. They definitely don't teach Pythagoras' theorem there either. 100%. Jerry's like, want some more ice cream? <laughs> want some more ice cream, Gabriel? Hey, kid. Um, yeah, again, it is that, because that was something I didn't know either, mm-hmm. what they went through afterwards. It is kind of, and that's where I... I'm kind of, I sit with this, this show in a difficult way because it is very entertaining, but when you know what you know now, it's hard. Like, to, this to would watch. never, this would never air yeah. in today's world. Like, not with the Ever. tone, not with the care, not with the portrayal of them. As I said, it's like they kind of hinted the addiction at the start because they're, they showed them, the mom is giving them like Adderall or something or whatever. So yeah, so Adderall, which is essentially legal cocaine um, yeah. in the States and it's it's one of these for ADHD, but it is They're taking it like they're cod liver oil, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, yeah. and as you said towards the end, like it's this really mad behaviour and they're having these insanely combative arguments like and really, really toxic. And to be honest, you, if you don't know, if you didn't know what you know now, like you're kind of watching and you're like, this is really this mental behaviour. But these are actually people who are in the depths of addiction and yeah. mental health crises. It's and that's what it kind of gears up as well, where it's like the mum has come out and been like, I accept a lot of responsibility. They've done as a family, they've done a ton of healing, which is nice that it wasn't like 10 years later. It very much happened. Like Alexis met her husband. She was with him. I think they only recently separated. She was with him for 10 years. Um, met him in AA, got clean, he stayed clean. She didn't have a relapse pretty much. She, I think she said she got six months after the show aired, I think is when she got totally sober. For Tess, as I said, it was a little bit longer. Both of the girls, like it wasn't, when they talk about it, Alexis was like, oh, I, I took a lot of like sedative drugs. That's why in it, I'm kind of all over the shop. I'm a bit dopey. I'm a bit here, there and um, everywhere. At one point they were both, um, shooting heroin, which is a different level of drug mm. and addiction. Mm. What I think is interesting is at that point in time, they didn't imply, I feel like nowadays in reality TV, it, w- it would be implied a lot quicker, the kind of drug intake. At that point in time, they were still very much, other than that one random episode of The Hills, where 
they call Kristen, maybe she's a drug addict because she likes to go out and party a lot. You're kind of at this point where it's like, don't ask, don't tell. You know? Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. very much like, yeah, they're party girls. They like to go out and party. Yeah. Uh, every night. Every, every night. single night. Every single night. These children hang around with adults who have access to drugs money like this and, and money and drugs. And drugs. Yeah. yeah. So it's very much of that kind of time where you're like, well, now looking back, I'm like, what the fuck? But at that point in time, I was watching this and not, not twigging it. Yeah. You know, I was in my early 20s. I'm the exact same age as Alexis. I was looking at this being like, hmm, they have stamina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think anything of it. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's crazy, right? Yeah. That's absolutely insane. Whether it was looking back, you're like, they were, they were definitely all over the shop mm-hmm. at all times. Like at one point, I think, is someone, is someone smoking a joint and Gabby just fucking flips the lid? Mm. And I remember being like, relax, it's a bit of it. But on top of everything that was going on in that household, I can now understand why her reaction was the way that it was. Yeah. Same when they find the Xanax pill. Oh my God. And that whole debacle. Obviously, they were trying their best to protect Alexis and what was happening. Tess was in a different kind of... I feel like she was in... A, I feel like Tess was in a different planet the whole time. Mm. When you look at it, she's yeah. very much like, I'm going to go model. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go be in lingerie. I'm going to go to Cabo. Do you want to come to Cabo? Anybody want to come here? Anybody want to do this with me? It's very sad. Yeah. They do try and weave in this kind of storyline as well about Tess's biological mom, cause, which was... Andrea's best friend who had addiction issues. She ended up kind of giving Tess up for adoption, but not really. Andrea ended up taking her in because she was very close to Alexis's age and they got on really well. At that point in time, Tess's mum tries to make contact again. That kind of storyline. She tells her wicker boyfriend about it. Her wicker boyfriend isn't very supportive. No. It's very, very strange. They try and pull a lot of storylines. It's just very obvious that it's, it's probably one of the most constructed reality shows I've watched because of the fact that, like, Chelsea Handler is executive producer on this. They yeah. really thought this was going to be lighthearted, funny. As I said, absolutely kind of sneery. Yeah. Look at this family. They want to be famous at all costs. Isn't this gas? Look at them, blah, blah, blah. And then it was impossible to ignore the crime and the blingering stuff and Alexis going to jail. Like, this came in hurting like a train, they had already started. They had to finish. So it was just about cobbling this thing together. And that's why it's just, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a head melt of a watch in the way that, not that it affects the entertainment, but you kind of don't really know what to think, especially in today's age, especially if you're living through the time of where duty of care is so important because it is. You look back and you watch these girls and you're like, I'm really glad it happened because I l- loved it and there are so many funny moments, but like at what cost for them? And it probably shouldn't have happened. And it could have went one of two ways. You have mm. to remember that like Alexis getting sober so quickly after this airing, meeting her husband, settling down, having a couple of kids and like very much reforming. She now works as, oh, what does she work? She now works as a um, counsellor. Yeah, you'd said this yeah, the last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and she specialises in addiction and stuff like that. So she's very much used her own life and her own life experiences for the greater good Mm. that never happens yeah it could have so easily and to be honest I'm shocked that it didn't go the other way and we weren't seeing this kind of consistent documentation of Alexis Nears is at it again now she's doing this she's saying x she's saying y she's doing another doc you know she's saying this actually ended up happening you know 
I will watch, like, let's not lie, I'm going to watch the docuseries. Yeah. Like, it's going to happen. Especially because she's in it. So it's her, uh, Audrina. Um, of it's course, gonna it's going to be fucking Audrina. Um, like, so I think it's coming, so actually it's coming literally this month. I didn't realise. So it's September 21st, Netflix, The Real yeah. uh, Bling Ring, Hollywood Heist. It's only three episodes. Thank God. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's going to be a long drawn out three episodes, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Because how many how many interviews do we really need to see? Like Alexis is in it, Nick Prugo, who was like the main. So the, the there's the two main people that they made out in the Bling Ring movie, and then the actual two main people, which was Rachel Lee and Nick Prugo. In it, Nick is kind of seems at that point, and he is honest. He's like, you know, we wanted to be famous, we wanted to be doing this, we wanted to be doing that. Like we were just like robbing their houses and doing whatever. And then there's like a clip that they're using for the trailer where he's like, yeah, like maybe a young Johnny Depp could play me. Like they're making a movie, right? Like somebody could, like they, he fully thought my name out in life. Yeah. Yeah. So, and when you watch it, um, it's very, it's a Fiat Coppola and it's very much that essence of like 13 and it's kind of grungy, but it's also glitzy and glamoury with really dark undertones, but you're not really sure of what. Yeah. Um, very odd kind of thing. I think they really thought this was going to be Emma Watson, who's playing Alexis Nyers. Breakout I thought this was going to be her breakout role, kind of yeah. post Harry Potter and stuff, and it very much was not. They were like, oh my God, best supporting actress. I can see it already. You know, no girl. put a lot of time and effort into a very cool soundtrack. There's, there's that deadly um, moment where they crash the car. And it's very, like, to MIA, <laughs> live fast, die young. Of course, like yeah. bad girls. Have you ever heard a more naughty sentence in your life? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Uh, the synopsis for the Netflix documentary is, first there was the reality series, then a Hollywood movie, but the truth has never been told. Oh. Until now. Ten years after the notorious events, the culprits have done their jail time and are ready to tell the real story of the outrageous heists that gripped the nation. This series will also reveal how celebrity obsession and the rise of social media played an integral part in their motivations and serve as a cautionary tale for today's teenagers. Sorry, like jail time. I think Alexis did six weeks. Yeah, it was, yeah. I think she very much did. I think she was sentenced to like two years. Mm. She did six weeks or six months. I can't remember. I don't think it was six months. I really don't think it was. She also didn't go to prison. She went to jail, which I didn't realise was a different thing. Is it? Yeah, apparently so. Okay. Uh, Nick Prugo actually did, he did two years. Oh no, did he do two years? No, he fucking didn't. Oh my God. He received a credit for a year of time already served and was further credited with a year for good behaviour. What's going on? Um, But yeah, so 160 days, I think, is what he did in the end. Now he's on Netflix. How the tables have turned. Yeah, how the turntables. How the turntables have turned. I think I know the answer to this because of of the conversation we've just had. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, why do you think it flopped? Because it was... Like, in terms of viewership, it got an average of 1.3 million viewers, which is nothing to be sniffed at. And I think at the time, if you were to purely just base it on that, there was an assumption that it would come back for a second season. Why didn't it then? I think E threw everything at the wall with it because they really wanted it to come back. I think at that point in time, celebrities were very against the bling ring. Like, when you look at the court statements, any of the videos. Like, Orlando Bloom was like, my, like, this is such a violation. You're robbing from my house consistently. Because this is another thing. They came back a couple of times. Mm. when they were like, I think Paris Hilton's house got done like two or three times. <laughs> like, at one point, they're like, it was our personal, ca- like, ATM machine. Yeah. She'd have cash all over the gaff. And we'd be like, we'll just go to Paris's and grab some, like, 
grab some money. <laughs> Fucking what's going oh on, Paris? But celebrities didn't get behind it. I think they were very much kind of trying to see if if the public would be on the side of the celeb or on the side of the reality TV star. There was very much a turning tide. If it had happened three years earlier, I think it would have got a second season. Yeah. I think they would have said, fuck the loss. Let's just do it. At that point, people were becoming a little bit more conscious. It was very much in the middle of this court case. All of these people being brought in. You can see a little bit of the initial stages of the court case on the show itself. You know, you see her lawyer trying to get the most out of one of the defendants. How do you know it was uh, Rachel Bilson's Michael Kors bag? And I was like, because I was told that it was. He was like, but it could be, it could be Alexis's Michael Kors bag. She was like, she went in with no bag. She came out with bag. Bag stolen. How do I make? Very easy for you. And he's like, I don't know. We got to put it out there. I don't know. I don't know. I think, oh, could it anyone? Yeah, whose bag is it? Who owned Michael Kors bag? But uh, now looking back, I'm like, oh, what a time. If it was a Paul's boutique, I would have been like, no, that's very us. <laughs> that's very on trend. Paul's boutique was a bit of a flap, wasn't it? Paul's boutique. We could do Paul's boutique. Someone come back. Yeah, you come yeah. back and do Paul's boutique. I'll come back and do, not a You have a list of I've flaps. A, I've, anyway. I've, keep, I've kept adding to it. Yeah. Because I have so many flops. Uh, one who was speaking to us on Instagram during the week. <gasps> Just you wait for that episode, guys. Just you wait. An absolute cracker. But they wanted to, you can tell the way that they edited it, the way that they did it, the way that they tried to have like this wholesome family dynamic, no matter what at the end, it's like, we'll get through it. Yeah. We are a team. Yeah. They're trying to end it. And so it is. And so it is. We're trying to very much kind of be like, we are crazy, but we love it. And so it is. Yeah. It could have reached high heights, but it was just that little bit too late. They couldn't glorify a criminal, mm. an active criminal, and something that at this point in time, I'm pretty sure the minute that this whole bling ring thing, and it was, you have to remember, over here, it wasn't like it is now. We were hearing snippets. I can only imagine what it was actually like in Hollywood and how scandalous it was and how many people were talking about it and all that other kind of stuff. They probably saw the movie getting picked up, all of that other... Like, can you have a blockbuster movie as well as having a reality TV show? I just don't think it... I don't think so. I don't think it pans out. As we said, I think everyone thought that this was going to be that real gritty, grimy, cool, like, cult classic film. Mm. It didn't hit that. No. I don't think it ever will. No. I don't think it's one of those ones that's going to get, like, a resurgence. No. It's not going to become Morbius. No. <laughs> it's gone. I don't think it's going to be covered on flap culture. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't think it's going to develop a cult audience, as yeah, you said. Exactly. I think they would have really liked to do it. They threw everything at it to do it. It just didn't pan out the way that they wanted it to. And also because of this Julia Care piece, at this point in time, when it had aired, Alexis was kind of getting on the straight and narrow again. How do you... Essentially what looks like a boring... Up like the the audience would have been wouldn't have been there for like a recovery story yet. Yeah, you'd need two or three seasons. No, I get yeah, I true. get what you're saying. I don't think we were. Yeah, we I think were, they would have been yeah. like, what? Is, what is? Why would I want to watch this? I want to bring back the old. You know, I want to watch that family, and it's like again, that family were yeah deeply deeply, deeply struggling with yeah. addiction. Like yeah. it's and they would have had to have to create that narrative of like the the comeback's always bigger than the setback. They would have had to have at least six episodes of it getting really bad and things being implied and it being spoken about 
and they didn't have that. Yeah. They had their cuts from the first time where they kind of didn't really know what show that they were shooting at that point, throwing in wild lines, throwing in all this mad stuff versus what actually happened quickly afterwards. The jail time you have to factor in, that whole court system, the family's headspace. If they would have liked to draw, draw it out a bit more, if it kind of, if Alexis did go down the path of like, got out of jail, back doing whatever the fuck I want, back being, you know, the party girl or whatever else like that, back with the same crew, hanging out, all that other kind of stuff. They might have tried to revisit it, but I think it was a lot to do with, they couldn't really glamorize what was happening more than it was already being blown up. I'm sure there was like bigger media that were out there being like, "Eh -eh." and also the fact that they wouldn't have had enough interest, I think, for people to watch Alexis go through the rehabilitation stage of her process, who who would have, people didn't have that personality. People didn't know her yet. Mm. They only saw nine episodes. Yeah, they only knew her as Pretty Wild Season 1 Alexis, yeah. Yeah, so not really enough for them to be able to get like a very established, good, rated and cult classic show. Yeah. I'm sure they all, like at that point, Kardashians was super taking off. They had loads of other stuff in the works. I'm sure they were like, great idea, would have loved to run with it. Bad time. Let's revisit when we see what the family's at in a couple of years. And hey ho, now we've got a, a Netflix documentary, a million podcasts, and Nancy and Alexis still going after each other's throats. Nancy and Alexis still beefing. Uh, we, yeah, we did mention Nancy is not in the Netflix uh, series. Uh, she told E when I was asked to participate in the Netflix documentary, I didn't feel interested in being part of the project. At this point, the bling ring felt like old news, um, and there was something about how Alexis has like previously invited Nancy onto her podcast to like clear the air in inverted commas um, and never reach back out to her. But Nancy Joe did confirm to E that she declined Alexis's invitation to appear on her podcast. So yeah. she also says the part about I don't know why she ever thought that I was going to write a puff piece it was yeah. very much not ever going to be that no which I do and don't believe yeah yeah you know I journalists think, can be you know but you see in you in this show you see the setup of the conversation mm. you see what way it's kind of going at and also you have to remember that this is a girl who's like oh my god vanity fair what the fuck this is going to go on my wall <laughs> she probably ignored a lot of red flags yeah a lot of the questions but at the same time, I don't think, I think Nancy Joe is probably fuming now because it's the thing that she's most known for. Yeah. Versus I think that she thought she was again going to be doing some hard-hitting j- journalism here. Yeah. Well, I still, that's hard-hitting journalism to me. I don't know about you. That is? Yeah. It is, but I don't think that she's delighted that that's not no, her no, life's work. No, no, no. <laughs> well, I'm delighted for later, we're still talking about fucking Nancy Joe, the <laughs> suspect war Louboutins. I don't think so. I'm delighted for Nancy Joe, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Carla... It's been a pleasure. I was about to ask you what will you come back to talk about, but I keep doing I have that a list. to guests. I have a list. I keep doing that to guests and then I'm like, oh no, don't tell me. I don't want to spoil it for the listeners, but... I've given you like three Easter eggs there. Yeah. People shouldn't be shocked. No. You, and you won't be when you see the inevitable episode titles uh, come up. Where can people find out more about you, listen to you? You have a great podcast with Jen Hatton. Yes. Where I is that? Do that that's on a good hosting platform. Wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcast. So I am co-host of The Unpopular Opinion. It's myself and Jen Hatton, who is a comedian. I am not that. I'm just I'm just a soundboard. <laughs> I am just a soundbird. Yeah, a soundboard. Soundbird, soundboard. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um we kind of discuss everything really. You know, we did carnivals last week. A couple of weeks ago we were talking about um like I'm trying to I'm trying to think here. What's what's the opposite of carnival? 
the crazy family stories. Great dysfunctional families. Dysfunctional families. That was wild. That was enjoyable. Yeah, that was super enjoyable. Look, there's loads there. It's a pick and mix. It's very much not one that you have to listen to every single week to try and get the best out of it. There's some absolute, like, mad, mad... Our listeners provide some serious comedy and some serious humdingers if you will <laughs> um so yeah we're there on popular opinion we also have patreon we do five episodes a month we have had you on plenty plenty times on the main and on our patreon too we kind of like we do the deep dive and it's funny because ever since we first recorded this when you were like if you're not on patreon you're only getting half the story i was like no seriously i think vanilla said the best <laughs> On this, like, no one's ever going to hear this fucking podcast, the, the first version of this. No one's ever going to fucking hear it. And I'm like, I, I really, truly think that Vanilla said it best. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that again, if you're not subscribed to the Patreon, as a number one day one patron, you are only getting half the story. Yes. That's where the good shit is. Yeah. So come and join us. Um, I will be there. I'm also on Instagram at Carla K Artistry, doing beauty bits. Doing bits and bobs. Yeah. Making drinks. Yeah. And making drinks, making delicious drinks. I will leave all the links to Carla's bits and Unpopular Opinion Bits in the show notes. But until next time, Carla Kay, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on Flop Culture. Thank you so much for having me. And if you want to catch up on Pretty Wild, it is available to stream now on Heyu. All of Carla's links are in the show notes. And The Real Bling Ring Hollywood Heist is also now streaming on Netflix. Uh, I am going to watch it and maybe come back on Instagram stories or next week's pod if it's any good. And if I don't talk about it, it's because it was shite. So there you go. In terms of where are they now, because I don't think we touched really on anyone bar um, Alexa. So I just want to check in with a few of them. So Andrea is 57 now, I think. She ended up divorcing Jerry. Uh, but she did go on to become a certified life coach, specialised in family recovery and relationships. She also founded Families United for Recovery. Um, and I shared photos with the girls in the past. I think the most recent, I actually, I could be wrong on this, but she did share one in November 2019 writing, there's nothing better than feeling a sense of well-being and belonging after so many years of feeling polarized and ostracized in our relationships with each other. Um, she's still fly out making vision boards, which is great. Uh, Gabby, mostly retreated from the spotlight. Uh, she got married in 2018. Uh, and last year, Andrea revealed that she was expecting her first child. Super excited to share that Gabby is having a boy and I'm going to have my first grandson. That's very gorgeous news. And Tess is a mother to River, her three-year-old daughter. She did speak to Us Weekly in 2019 saying, I absolutely loved letting people know that deep, dark, black hole recovery is possible. We are living proof. So a positive end to uh, a somewhat dark tale. Very entertaining though. Worth the watch if you've never watched, especially if you're into reality TV, just even from a trivia perspective. So, so good. Finally, dear listener, it is time for Top of the Flops. You're a flop. Top of the Flops this week is... Dun, dun, dun. Adam Levine. Kel Surprise. Not being funny, if you want to cheat in your significant other, do it by carrier pigeon. I don't care. I don't need to hear about it. Semaphore? Ask for nudes with smoke signals. I don't care. I don't care. Be smarter about your technology use. You know what I mean? Just use your head. You know? That's all I'll say. That is all I will say on that. Thank you so much for listening. We are on Instagram and TikTok, as I mentioned, under flapculture underscore pod if you want to get in touch. 
do. Uh, I can be found at helloflockculture at gmail.com. If you leave a five-star review and your name or nickname on Apple Podcasts, uh, I would recommend a bop or a flop to you, but you can also leave a five-star review on Spotify. Today's bop is for Nick1983, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Nick, do you remember Grace and Chance, the child who went viral for his cover of Paparazzi? Ellen Jenner signed him to our label. He had a music video starring Ariana Grande called Unfriend You. Not a great song. Uh, well, Nick, he did not disappear. Uh, since you may have last seen or heard him, he has come out and has released several absolute bops, including his 2016 EP, Somewhere Over My Head, and his 2019 album, Portraits. I cannot recommend them both highly enough. Really strong pop songwriting. Very emotional, very honest. He actually has a new album coming out very imminently, which I'm very much looking forward to, Palladium. Go forth and enjoy. You will love them. And if you don't, Sorry, maybe listen to a few more episodes of the podcast and you'll have a few more. You can just borrow someone else's recommendation. I don't know. An absolute pleasure, as always. Uh, this podcast has been edited by Adam Shanahan. The artwork is by Brian Lambert. And with that, I will see you next week. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.